American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and this is American Football in Finland. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Coach Q and Chris Green. What's going on, fellas? What's going on? We back. Y'all, what's good? What's good? The AFF podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Podbean, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. The American Football in Finland podcast is now available on more than 30 different platforms. Wherever you listen, be sure to rate us. Anything less than five stars will tell us that you are a hater. All right, first down, where we get a chance to start fresh and discuss what's on our minds. Q, lead it off. What you got going? What's popping? Oh, nothing much, man. You know what I want to talk about, but we're going to wait till we get to that part of the segment. <laughs> what about you, Chris? I mean, tell us tell us about your game, Chris, that you just finished yeah, playing just, when we were recording. Yeah, just just fresh off the off the pitch. Just had a just had a shower and that in the car on the way home now. And yeah, we won 48-7, so it's a good win. Easy win, easy dubs. Mm. Um, nothing interesting for me. For me, I'm trying to think of something interesting that I would like to tell people, but no. Oh, I am I am somewhat intrigued about what's going on with the W. I'm not the W's, but the NBA Finals. Uh, I think the the Denver Nuggets are up like three one when we're recording this. Three one, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I was just surprised that the Heat won one, but I I'm excited about that whole series because I've never known Denver to be good. I think it's crazy that they might win their first championship and the Joker is wearing number 15, which will always be Car- Carmelo Anthony to Carmelo. me. Like, that's so uh-huh. messed up. Like, that's just crazy. I don't – no one who's listening to this probably knows what I'm talking about, but I grew up in the, you know, Melo and LeBron. So, like, Melo is always that dude to me. And, I mean, I know the, the Serbian is great, but, damn, that sucks. Players of the week have been announced on our social media earlier this week. But, of course, we got to get into it. And first guy we got is our Offensive Player of the Week. And it's interesting that this guy's Offensive Player of the Week because I don't think he usually gets – He has. it's taken so long for him to get it this season, and he's been great every week. He's played every week. But it's Christian Powell running back of the Sineoki Crocodiles. He had 18 carries, 155 yards, and three touchdowns. But have to put in a disclaimer. We picked him before the second half of the game was played because at halftime, he had mm-hmm. 10 carries for 100 yards and three touchdowns. And they, they were already winning by enough to, you know, I don't watch the second half of the game, but we they, he had done enough. And – his totals rounded it out. Uh, from what I saw, CP was unstoppable. Uh, yep. Crusaders had nothing for him. Uh, shout out to Curtis Slater. I seen him try to tackle him a couple times, and that 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 told me all I needed to know. When someone like Curtis Slater just can't can't slow him down, and they didn't really have anybody that could on that defense, so it made sense. 
and he had his way. I, I also feel like he didn't have to play that much, and he was just too fresh. Like, I would hate to play a fresh Christian Powell ever. Like, normally by, like, the second quarter, you know, you didn't hit him a couple of times. He's, you know, had to work hard. He didn't even have – like, he might not have broke a sweat in this game. He might not have <laughs> his jersey. He might just put it back in the uh, pile. And be like, I'll wear that next week. All right. But uh, what were you guys thought <laughs> on uh, CP's performance this week? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. CP being CP, you know, being being averaging, I think a few yards, well, about four yards carry probably. Uh, he didn't look like he really was giving it his all. I mean, he ran hard, but you could tell that the defense obviously he wasn't like afraid of that defense. So he was doing CP things, man. It's, it's they on the roll right now. The Crocs on the roll, and they're rolling because he's on the roll. Whitehead doesn't have to do anything really, but the bare minimum, and they're gonna win the game. And that's what happens when you got CP and he's getting those type of yards and having that type of effect on on offense. Defensive player of the week is is Aaron Bryant, linebacker from Portland Butchers. Uh, dude came in on his first game. I don't know how long he's been in Finland. He couldn't have been more than a week, right? Um, maybe a week and a half? I don't know. No, couldn't be more than a week. Couldn't been more than a week he'd been in Finland, and he had eight tackles, four tackles for a loss, three sacks, and two forced fumbles. To say he was active would be an understatement. Uh, wearing a number one jersey, they just, you know, put a new name patch on the back, and he just went to work. I think having him play linebacker was probably the best move for this defense as a whole because he kind of made up that space that was really the hole in their defense was at the linebacker position, they were a little bit lacking. So having him play linebacker, he was closer to the ball. He had really good speed side to side, and he made a lot of plays, a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage for the Butchers. He was an aggressive guy. He's built like a linebacker. He's not built like a safety. He built like a linebacker, and he played linebacker. And he, he was the epitome of it. And in just one game, he already, you know, made his presence known. I think he won MVP of the game or something from the locals or something like that anyways. So it was really good to see the Butchers' defense get the piece that they need, um, despite the other guy, you know, and his off-the-field issues, which, again, I know we don't want to talk about the other guy now. We'll wait till later. But for right now, Aaron <laughs> Bryant did really good. And he yeah. stood out as the defensive player. Q, you want to add anything about uh, Bryant? No, he was just real, real active. Uh, made a lot of plays. Made some impactful plays. He, he's exactly what they needed. Honestly, yeah. he's yeah. exactly what they needed. They needed like a leader type guy on defense that was aggressive, that can hit, and uh, it looked, it looked good. That Butch's defense looked totally different yesterday. Totally different against them. Oh, that, that reminds me of another thing that I like about this guy. I, I love, like, first impressions. And Aaron Bryant, whenever he made a play, he does the, like, I guess, like, the finger clipping, uh, clicking thing with his hands, <laughs> like uh, yeah. like at a poetry slam or something. I, I think that's so, like, a, such a calm way to be, you know, celebratory on the field. He's like, I got it. And he just starts clicking his fingers. I don't know if it, if it has anything to do with, you know, his peace of mind, but I love it, and I hope that he keeps it up. Uh, Chris, you got anything to add about Aaron Bryant's play this week? 
both, you both, you both said it all. I mean, he was active. Like, this guy was falling. I'm a big fan of the celebration as well. Like, got a lot of time for that. And as you said, we don't talk about the other guy yet. We'll wait to get onto that. But yeah, it, great for the butchers. I mean, he definitely helped them in that 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 win against the Steelers. So yeah, hats off to him. If you're listening to my voice, you're now part of the AFF community. But don't be shy about supporting us. Head over to our website and order some AFF swag. Get a t-shirt for this beautiful summer weather. Or a comfy hoodie you can rock all year long. And if you really want the drip, scoop up one of our limited edition snapback caps. Everything you need to represent the AFF community can be found on our website at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash merch. So everybody listening should know you know, the results of the game. So let's get into which team won their game and which team lost their game. First game, Wassel Royals <laughs> versus Helsinki Wolverines. Q, what's your thoughts on win and loss? Who Man, won and who lost? Roy- Royals won the game. Yeah. Alpha made a lot of Alpha made a lot of big plays. Timothy made a lot of great throws. Uh they were supposed to beat the Wolverines. Um I know Timothy probably feels like they could have played a little better. You always feel that way when you look at film and, and see some things that you missed or could have took advantage of. But uh, the Royals did what they were supposed to do. They looked like the better team. Um, it's hard to tell how much they've improved because the Wolverines um, are just so bad at some points on defense. So, um, But the Royals are, are clicking, you know, to get the confidence up. Timothy's balling. Alpha's doing his thing. They keep taking his returns away. They're killing him. Boy. Returns. Boy. <laughs> They're killing him with the returns, but man, you know he's he's getting his feet under him. He, he's looking like the old alpha. So I expected the Royals to do what they did, and you know they get the commanding lead and, and won the game. What about you, Chris? Any thoughts on this one? Yeah, the Royals—they definitely won this game mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt. Alpha was alpha. Timothy was Timothy. Um, I I don't like the fact that they didn't put the fifty burger up. I hate admitting it when you're right, Purvis, but you were Boy. right. Like have that mentality to put the fifty burger up. They did bench a lot of guys. They they swapped the quarterback quarterback as well. So they could have easily put fifty points up, but they didn't have that ruthless mentality. Shout out to my boy Kev as well. Boy was balling for the Wolverines. They came back with a bit of fight when the backups were in and put twenty one points up. Kev Kev out there two tugs, but I know it's garbage time and I know you'll say it don't mean anything. Yeah, I was about to say, if you don't stop talking about the second half, I can't mean anything. <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, hey. I'm going to let him talk a little bit, but I ain't going to let him keep talking too much about this second half. Hey. <laughs> Chris, Chris is a real friend, man. He shot hey. his boy, even yeah, though he, he did beat. He gave him like, yeah. that ball, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, Royals definitely won this one. I mean, they were yeah. supposed to win this game, like you said. Just to add on there, this was, you know, one of them halftime games. I love halftime games on, on, on days I don't have to watch the whole game. But it was 32-0 at half. And, yes, I am upset that there was no 50-burger. Because it don't <laughs> make sense. Like, you got 32. And you, you take your foot off. And I understand. And I get I get it 100%. You know, you want your guys to get reps. You want to um, – work on certain things, you put in the backup quarterback. I mean, let them get some shine and whatnot. But here's my here's my reasoning. I feel like if you're – if anyone is out there listening, your team gets in this situation, you're up 30-something at half, look at that second half and realize that it's more than just one game in a season. 
at the end of the season, all these teams and all these players and stuff are going to be coming at us when we put out our all-filling list. And we thought, like, well, you know, these stats are here. What about these stats and stuff? If you don't want stats to be, like, a hindrance, get your stats up. The Wolverines are that team. Mm-hmm. Get your stats up. Like, if you have a bad game, like, we're talking about the Royals. Your first game of the season, it was bad. It kind of sets you backwards stat-wise. Like, Timothy should be leading the league in some stuff, but he's not because that first game wasn't great. So instead of letting him get his 400 game this week, that'll make his stats look more reasonable to what he's been doing this year. He only got 200 some yards. He took him out, took him out at halftime. Mm-hmm. Same thing with alpha. It took alpha a couple of weeks to start getting his, his games to look like they should look. And when you have a game like this, where, you know, you know, you can put up 50 on the Wolverines and you don't bring out your starters in the second half, you're doing a disservice to players who have to play in those tough games when their stats aren't going to look great, but they're going to give you everything they got. This is when they're supposed to get their flowers. This is the type of game that you, you know what? You tell the other team, stop us. Not we're going to stop us. There should be, there's no mercy rule. There's no running clock in the Maple League. And that by, by default means you got if you hear you got to stop the opponents and you're taking it you're actually making it more difficult for that team that, that you're playing against by taking it so easy on them in the second half because they expect that we said this going to the season with the Wolverines roster they're going to just try to hang on in games and that's mm-hmm. what letting them do teams are letting it look closer than it was letting them score them 21 points in the fourth quarter you know, not scoring pretty much any points in the second half because you put it in your backups, which don't really make any sense. Half of the Royals team are like you 20 players anyways. What 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 you need backups for? Like, I mean, it's just juniors playing anyways. So I still don't understand that. I, I won't get too much into it. The Royals won. Y'all played great. Uh, receivers, you beat up on 17-year-olds from the Wolverines. Congratulations. Uh, you were supposed to win, and you did. Congratulations. You did what you're supposed to do. Uh, I'm trying not to be too negative. I, I I think it was the way it went the way it was supposed to. But I'm upset. You know what? I'll take it back. I'm upset because you didn't score 50. If you had scored 50, I'd be nicer. But I do <laughs> I got one good thing to say about the Royals, though. I like the blue jerseys. I think they look I think they look better than the white jerseys. If you look at just the jersey part, because that that chrome number, it don't look that good on white, I guess because of reflections. But on that blue, it's icy. But the pants suck. They got it. They need like those. I don't even know what color those pants are, but I wouldn't say they're gold. They're like they're like bronze. bronze. Not, yeah, bronze. They're like nineteen sixty pants. Yeah, like they're old like school. Pants. Yeah, like the old colors just. Pants. And that it don't look good with the blue at all. It I don't think it really looked good with the white either. I just don't understand why they don't just get a blue or white pants. Like, if they had blue pants, their whole uniform would be white. fire. It'd be fire, yeah. I know, I know white they is white tough. Pants. I know white is tough because you don't want to have to clean them and stuff. So I understand yeah. if you get blue pants, but the gold pants, like, they're just trying to keep that whole, like, crown thing going with the gold color. But you're forcing it. I think red, white, and blue is fine. You don't have to have gold in there, too, but whatever. I, I do. Yeah. Th- I did like the blue jerseys, though. And last thing I want to talk about with this game, unless y'all guys have something to add, is I think 
the Wolverines offense is getting better. Every week. Agreed. I like from yep. the first game that we saw, they're just getting better. In this game, they just work good enough when the Royals really tried on defense. Whenever the Royals would throw in a stunt or bring pressure and bring more than what they can handle, they fold like a napkin. Like it is what it is. But mm-hmm. when the when the Royals defense was just playing base defense, the Wolverines were having success. They were doing what they wanted to do. They just because I mean they could they could compete. They weren't like overpowering them, but they were putting the ball in places. There were plenty of times speaking to uh Chris's guy, Kevin Adams, uh catching passes on like fourth down and eleven. Like they had him three and out, and then he would run and get like 15, 16 yards on a pass. And I'm like, how is that possible if this defense is any good? And I, I don't think the defense is that good. I just think that they're just more talented than who they play. And that's one thing that I saw from the Wolverines where if they had more talent, they could have competed in this game. They they had a couple good drives. Um, I'm just going to write – I'm going to – Talk about what I saw in their first drives in the first half. Again, I don't care about the second half. I know they scored some points, but that don't really count. We all know what it was. First drive, Wolverines had the ball for seven minutes, 55 seconds. 14 plays, 63 yards, couldn't score. No points. They took off all that time, drove down the field, weren't able to finish. It wasn't because they couldn't figure out ways to move the ball. They just didn't have enough. They're right on the precipice. They're an import away, you know, type of situation. Like, as good – they're not saying as good as they are, but as good as they could play, their ceiling is just lower than everyone else's in the Maple League. Like, if mm-hmm. they play perfect, that's their best drive. Eight-minute drive, 60 yards, no points. And then after that, the next three drives they have, they have a three and out. They gain zero yards. Another three and out where they lost 14 yards. And then they have a two play and then a fumble where they lose six yards total. So they don't do anything after that. And that's when the Royals started, you know, bringing pressure and physically just showing that they're a better team. And then the last drive they had before the half, two and a half minutes, 14 plays, another long drive, 43 yards. But again, they don't they don't get points. And I think they missed a they tried a field goal that wasn't even close. I think that's what happened on that last drive. So what I saw from the Wolverines was a team that scheme wise, I think they can hang. Um, so give some credit to that that coaching staff. A lot of those guys spending their first time in the Maple League, but talent wise, they're just limited. And I don't think it's the quarterback position. I think Rasmus has done really good. I would even put him as one of the top four quarterbacks in this Maple League this season. Yeah, I said it. it. We've seen the play. I think he would be one of the top four. One of those players where if you put more around him, he probably could be better. But, I mean, he's running for his life, and he's very composed back there. But, again, the team just – they didn't load up on talent. They didn't get enough talent. Kevin Adams shows up, and now he's getting nine catches, 150 yards a game. No offense to Kevin, but that's a number two receiver guy. Like, he, sh- he shouldn't be your team's number one receiver, but he is because of what they have. And even in this game, when they put Will Young at running back, it changed, like, what they were able to do. 
but they can't put him at running back because then they don't have enough people to play receiver. Like, it's just a catch-22 for them. Uh, I know I talked a lot about the Wolverines, but in this type of game, that's really all I'm watching is are they getting any better? Because they're still going to lose, but how they lose tells us a lot about this team. And I think that in this game, they, they got a lot better than what I've seen all season from them. All right, so the next game was Poor Blue Butchers versus the mm-hmm. Copio Steelers. Yeah, this was Oh man. I do want to say it was 14 to 6 and a half, but mm-hmm. there's a lot to unpackage here. So uh Q, you lead it off. What what are your thoughts on this one? Copio mm-hmm. Steelers. What is, what are you, what is going on with your team right now? I've seen I, I mean I've never seen them play this bad. Never seen the game this bad by the Corpio Steelers on offensive side of the ball. Never seen it. Uh Miko Seven and dicing, hey, dicing the hey, secondary. Shout out to the vet, Miko. Shout right? out to Miko Seven. <laughs> yeah. Boy, you talking about you talking about making plays when your team need the plays to be made. But him and Brandon Gwinter. I don't know. They they know they're hanging out a lot outside of uh, practice, but man, but you talking about a, a a combo that changed the game? Miko got <laughs> changed the, juice, the whole man. game. Miko Miko had like Miko three three. He had like three catches and two touchdowns. Like he was not yeah. wasting no time like, out there. Like we're talking big. I'm talking about big time, big big time catches. Like like this this secondary is obviously slept on them. Obviously slept on them. Offense wasn't doing anything. Ambro, I don't know what he was thinking about uh, on on the on the bot on the bot snap. Uh, man, boy, Corpio, whew, y- y'all got some 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 coming to God moment right now to figure out where you're gonna go uh, for the rest of this season. So did a lot Corpio, of things. So did Corpio lose? Corpio win. I say Brandon Gwinter and the Porvo Butchers won the game. What about you? I'm not going to. I I got you. I want to do a tally on this one, Chris. What about you? Um, yeah, I'm going to give you a a a proper answer and a not so proper answer. My not so proper answer is the Steelers lost the game. They lost the game because they got rid of Lampy Reasonover. Now, I actually think, in terms of the game situation, the poor Butchers won this game because, like you say, that combination of Gwinner and Seppanen just went off. Like, those guys, like you say, they must be hanging around with each other because those two have got that connection down now. And I can't wait to see where it goes in the rest of the season. It's just going to develop and get better and better. Hey, well done, the Dallas Cowboys. What about, uh-huh. you? what about you, Q? Back to what you were saying. Why do you think that they won instead of the other team losing? I think because Port Bowl just looked better to me. They mm. looked better. Like, mm. they actually had, like, good, decent yeah. drives. Gwinner knew when to, he knew when to run. Uh, he knew not not to force certain throws, but when he did, he went big and he went to Miko and they 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 hit him every time. And it was okay. like Corpio Corpio didn't have an answer for it. Let me tell you why both of y'all are wrong. All right, look, just you got to bear with me, guys. Steelers yeah. lost this game in the first quarter. First of all, Steelers had the ball. Inside the red zone, three times in the first quarter, and only came away with six points. 
Only scored on the third one. Now, how did they get the ball three times in the red zone in the first quarter? Because the Dallas Cowboys tried to give it away. Now, <laughs> respect. Respect, <laughs> respect to Brandon Gwinner and Miko Seven and coming in hard and, you know, dominate after the, after they got up 14-6 they did dominate the second half of the game they definitely dominated but in that first quarter opening play let's not forget opening play fumble now they yeah. fumble the team the Steelers get the ball in the red zone and don't score that doesn't happen with the Steelers team that we're accustomed to seeing actually that don't happen with any regular good team in the Maple League any playoff team you don't give a team a team the ball in the red zone. They don't know how to score. And the reason they don't know how to score is because they're relying on Ambro. He actually threw a touchdown pass to uh, Vincent McDonald that got called back. Like, that's just yeah, how yeah, they yeah. Yeah. With, for the Steelers. And then the next time, the next time they get the ball in the red zone again, I think they got down to, like, the four-yard line, two-yard line or something like that. They damn near in the end zone, one-hand catch in the end zone by Vincent McDonald. Again, and this one doesn't count because he didn't get his feet down or whatever, but why do you get to that point? Like this team mm. normally, actually any normal team, any playoff team, you get inside the red zone, you score points. The Steelers didn't play their best, and it cost them for once. That's what I'm saying about why they lost. Because we yeah. got to be honest with ourselves. If what the Butchers did with the fumbles – and even Miko Seppinen fumbled when they were – he fumbled after – Yeah. He's the one that actually gave him the 6-0 lead because the Butcher defense yeah, he, had two two red zone stops, which, okay, you're getting pretty lucky if you can stop a team and get the ball in the red zone twice in a row. And then right after they stop him the second time, they have a fumble. So now they get a third opportunity and they actually score. But there's a difference between the Steelers being up 6-0 – in the first quarter and being 21-0. If mm. it was 21-0, the Butchers offense doesn't play the way that they play for the rest of that game, you know? I think their defense still plays good. Defense still shuts them out, but it's different when you're playing from behind 21-0 and playing from behind 6-0. Now, again, this is all yeah. hypotheticals, blase, blase. The Butchers did win the game. But the Steelers lost that game before they gave the Butchers a chance to win it. Now, the, the whole second <laughs> whole second half of that game, this 14, once it became 14-6, once the Butchers went up, the Steelers never got back to the red zone. Now, you got to be honest. They, the Butchers were the better team. They played better. They were dominant this entire game. They were the better team. They never let the Steelers' offense get started. But just got to reiterate, the Dallas Cowboys are the Dallas Cowboys. They tried to throw the game. They tried to throw it early. And when they didn't, their talent showed up. They had the, the better team in this game because that's how the Dallas Cowboys play. You're a good team. If you play against a team that doesn't allow mistakes like that, like maybe City of the Crocodiles, you don't get this op- you don't get that many opportunities. The Crocodiles get three possessions inside the red zone. They're getting points, right? Because they get, they can kick field goals. They can throw passes. They can run, et cetera. But Steelers can't. So the better team won, which was the Portable Butchers in this one. We didn't know that going in, but we know it now. <laughs> and that's good to know. Hey, and, I'll and tell you who did know it. I'll oh. tell you the only person who did know it, Swami. Swami. Finland Swami knew Swami it. Swami picked the upset. 
Yeah, he definitely knew it. That is for sure. Um, for me, just last thing I, I do want to talk about the Butchers. I think they played a great game. It it was crazy because it was dominant. Like they controlled that game. Like I take away those first couple possessions where Steelers should have been able to get points. They had nothing for them, and they they could offensively they were okay. The Butchers were, but honestly. They they could have put up more points. What they what they had in, in this game, like what was the final score? I forget the the points. Once it went fourteen six, I knew it was over. But the uh, butchers could have had uh, fifty points in this game. Their receivers, butt naked open all game, all game. I know Miko made some really great catches at certain times, but they missed. Uh, Brandon missed a couple of receivers a few times. Um, not to yeah. jump too early on that that one ball, that deep ball that was in the end zone. They had a couple of drives mm-hmm. get stalled because they threw too many deep balls. Because why not? They open. <laughs> they were. They just weren't connecting all the yeah. time. That's what happens uh, with the butcher sometimes. It did really good to score the points when it needed to. And then once they kind of got ahead, it just went to the thing they saw that they could get open. And they started, you know, pushing the ball downfield. And sometimes they just get carried away. All the drives where the, the butchers weren't successful is when they would, you know, throw it deep on first down and then throw it deep on second down. And then on third down, they're kind of pressured and they don't convert well. But when they actually mix in the run and the pass, they do a really good job. And also, um, just want to give a shout out to I'm gonna say his name is Alexi Hervenin, number 22, the running back for the butchers. Uh what they I'm I'm a running back at heart, guys, if y'all don't know. Uh, young man could pass protect. I see him sit in there and take on a, a blitzing Alexi Leroy and, and hold his own long enough for uh, Brandon Gwinner to connect with his receiver for a touchdown pass. I think it was to Seppinen on that corner route. The play took a little bit longer to develop than normal, and that little man went in there, put them hands into the, the defender and, and pass protected. That's something that we don't hear a lot about when it comes to like running backs in this league is you you have to be able to block. And he's a smaller guy, real fast, but he also can block. So that shows he's going to become a complete running back for them. I don't know um, the situation with Mickey J being hurt or something, but um, I think the Butchers are in good hands with Alexi uh, Herbernan playing running back. I just wanted to give him a little shout out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I missed one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. The, the only the only last thing I I want to say about this game is that um, uh, Mr. Ambro didn't throw a pick, but boy got benched. So he did not. He didn't throw a pick. No. Yeah, I, I said he wasn't going to throw a lot, but he didn't throw yeah. any. Didn't throw any picks. Oh, we didn't even touch on that, did we? We we got to touch on that, right? Like that's all we got to touch on. We didn't even touch on it. Uh, that didn't change anything. <laughs> I just want to say out, but the boy got benched as well. He got benched. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying like I get that he got benched, but it's one of those things where it's like if you're gonna bench him, I mean that was probably the the worst time, and it didn't make any lick of difference. You didn't put in someone that was gonna like. It it, it, it makes sense if you if, if you put in like a different type of quarterback or something. Yeah. Like yeah. you put in a quarterback that runs a lot, or you put in a quarterback that can chuck it 80 yards. But you put in a quarterback that pretty much did exactly what he would have done in the same situations. 
Agreed. Like you like no offense, but if you don't have anything better, you go with the guy you wanted from the beginning. That's not a change yeah. that you do in the middle of the game. Like if you really felt like okay, we want to move on, then you let him finish his game. Honestly, I don't I don't have anything against Ambro personally, but I felt like personally that was just that's kind of it's a dick move. That that's the only way I can say it. It's a dick move to do him like that in this game. In a game where he wasn't the reason they were losing. <laughs> Finally, he was not the reason their offense wasn't good. <laughs> like now you decide to take him out when he wasn't the issue. It just it it just baffles me a little bit. He was not the issue. That offense was not moving at all. It wasn't just yeah, him. He took a lot of sacks. He took a lot of sacks too. And towards the end of the like third quarter, I mean, was that third quarter? He took a lot of sacks. Mm. So I think his confidence maybe was shot. So if anything, as a coach pulled him, he yeah. pulled him because he's seen his confidence was shot. That makes so you like, all right, you you your, your day over, your day over. We already before it got worse. Your yeah, day over. I, for, I got I got a question for you guys. Yeah. Okay. If if you were in charge of the speedos now, right after that game, are, are you going to go and get another import? And if you are, are you going to get a quarterback or a running back? Getting mm. running back. I'm I'm get I'm 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 getting another running back. Or I'm getting another receiver, <laughs> and going like <laughs> going like four and five wide, getting rid of this tight end set and stuff, and and start slinging it. Because at, at this point, in my opinion, we we've talked about it offline. Steelers are halfway in the playoffs. You got three wins. You need six to get in. Like that's the bare minimum. So you're halfway there. Mm-hmm. Depending on what you want to do. Defensively, there are some issues, and you're going to give up points against the better teams. But offensively, you kind of have a system. Bringing in a new quarterback, he has to adjust to your system or you have to change your system. I I think that they want Ambrose to be the guy. They've shown that every game except for this one, and even after what Q said, even in this one, by protecting him and not leaving him out there. But if he's throwing 30, 40 something passes a game, he got a feel for the game. He makes decent decisions. I think he physically isn't up to the task, but putting in someone else, you have to go back to the mental and physical side. When really, if you bring in a running back, you just bring in someone that could do a little bit better than what Isaac Marshall and Noah Choate and the new guy, Casper Baker, all did together. You bring in one import that could do all that. And then you're right back to where you were. Maybe not as good as Lee Anthony Reasonover could have been in the system, but you can bring in an American running back and that alleviates the pressure for Ambrose so that you can get yeah. back to what you originally wanted. If you bring in a quarterback, the whole team philosophy starts back at zero because that quarterback comes in and he immediately has to become the leader of this team. And that leads us to another point is that we really just don't think Ambrose is the leader of that team by the way that it was easy for him to get shook and how no one really stood up or stepped up in that game. When things started going bad and started snowballing, the the bobble snaps, the one over the punter's head for a touchdown, I don't know, maybe because the cameras didn't show it, but didn't see a lot of passion from those players going on and <laughs> off the field. Saw a lot of heads yeah. hanging and kind of like a, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> one thing that kind of – the a picture that's like stuck in my head from this game is when the backup quarterback was in 
and he threw like two bad passes to Hannes Haru, where Hannes is wide open on both of these passes. Mm. And the pass is just bad. And Hannes just like puts his head down, walks aside. Like, what else can I do besides be open? And it's just one of those mm. things like, I think Ambro probably could have completed those passes, or maybe he would not have completed them, but it would not have made a difference on this team. Like, it didn't make anyone feel worse or better about their situation. They just kind of accept it. And I think that's something that's bigger than their actual talent, scheme, players, whatever they have going on. The biggest issue I think that the Corbio Steelers have this year is lack of leadership. No one is taking ownership for their losses. There's no one, you know, showing visibly there's something to be said about visibly. I know they're probably having meetings and people are talking, but talk is cheap. What you do mm-hmm. says a lot. The only person I see with any passion is Leroy, and even his passion has simmered down, in my opinion, since watching them play from the beginning of the season to now. Like you it just you can see it. There's might be a locker room situation. I don't personally know, but I wouldn't change it. I, I think I answered your question too long, Chris. I'm sorry. Y'all know I can talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I definitely understand that part. I wouldn't I wouldn't change the quarterback. Um, not at this point. Now, if he came in this game and threw another three interceptions, then I had to say I'd say something different. Because at, at a point you starting to be a liability more than you helping us. Like if you throw in three interceptions, you technically need to throw six touchdowns to make up for it. Mm-hmm. But that's not happening. So I think he's just he now it's, it's you know he had a game like this now let's see let's see the type of person he is let's see if he comes back up uh, you know rejuvenates and, and get a win in the next game so but I, but I do think if they add a running back um, he has an immediate effect on Ambrose and his and his stress level and his game management you know you can hand the ball off and you'll get the same results like you say it might not be the same as reason over but I'm sure Popio is usually good at picking running back. So they can they can slide pretty much anybody in there with the, with that that can play and they're gonna get some some positive stuff from it. So um I think you keep Ambrose, but maybe bring in another running back. Yeah. Uh I got one last thing. I know we t- I, I we always talk too long <laughs> on Steelers and Roosters, but oh well. But Last thing, last flowers I want to give is for the Butchers, cornerback, Emily Hassanen, number 32, cornerback, uh, young kid. I'm not sure how old he is. I think he's like a U20, U17 maybe or something for East City Giants. And they brought him up for this game, put him opposite of Miko Seppinen. I wrote that down in my notes immediately. <laughs> they had a little kid out there opposite of Miko Seppinen, and he held his own. I think he had like uh, three or four tackles. Uh, he's the one that recovered the touchdown in the back of the end zone that um, just snapped and went over the head, so he got a touchdown. I think it was his first Maple League game. He played wow. really well. Yeah, he played really well. I wrote him down as a note. He's on my list of um, – Maybe second team, maybe honorable mention for our all Finland list. I'm keeping a list in case people don't know. I have a list of like over 70 players. But um, shout out to to Emily because you played good, man, in your first game. And welcome to the Maple League. Hope to see you. Oh, yeah. He's able to hold it down. They don't have to be great. You can give up a couple plays. But if you're not a liability for the Butchers, their secondary is okay. 
if, if he's not a liability, they're going to be all right. And I, I think he's capable. He showed it in this game, in my opinion, because he was a lot of times he was on uh, Hunter's Haryu. Um, I mean, nobody really can stop Vincent McDonald's, as you can see. He's like eight feet tall. But yeah. when he when he needs to do stuff, he he made good play. So just wanted to give that last shout out before we move on. <laughs> oh, and they still Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Calling all you skills players. Quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties. If you were born between 2009 and 2003, this midsummer is your opportunity to shine. We'll be hosting our annual AFF Nordic Challenge 7 vs. 7 tournament in Helsinki on June 21st. Top performers will be selected to join the AFF Team Revo 7v7 travel team that will be competing internationally in the autumn season. Team Revo will also play for the European Championship in the spring of 2024. Due to field availability, registration will close once we meet the maximum number of participants. So head over to our website and sign up today. Registration can be completed at AmericanFootballInFinland.com forward slash Nordic dash challenge. So last game of the weekend was the Sunday game, which we're actually recording right after that game, about an hour after the game's over. Uh, USC Crusaders took on the Senyoki Crocodiles. I want to say that the score, the final score, was much closer than the game was, if I'm not mistaken. Right? What was the final score, like 42 to 34? Yeah. Which reminds me again. God damn it, people. Give me my 50 burger when I asked for it. Yeah. I, it was 28 to 7 and a half. And I was like, oh, shoot. They, they're they up, but they're not up by, like, a lot, lot. I mean, it's still 21 skunk. Like, for me, I didn't take notes on the second half because it was still 28-7. I watched it occasionally, but pretty much it was over. And in the second half, the Crocodiles, they, they started the third quarter with a touchdown. They started the third quarter with a kickoff return. Kick touchdown. Off return. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're going to get to 50. Like, it's nothing. And then they, what, after they scored that, they had like 30 something. And then the next possession they got, they scored a touchdown. No, a matter of fact, it wasn't a possession. They blocked the punt. I normally I don't talk about second half, but again, they, they blocked the punt. Eric Irvin picked it up and scored a touchdown. So it was 42 to seven after two possessions in the third quarter. And I'm like, all you got to do is score one more time. One more time. Eric trying to be a defensive player. Eric trying to be a, I ain't going to say defensive player of the year, but he trying to do something. Player of the year. He's he going for it all. He's like, I'm, I'm going to get intercepted. I'm going to return kicks. I'm going to block punts. But, again, they could have scored 50 easy. They had 42, like, in the middle of the third quarter. And didn't score anymore for the rest of the half. But – that's neither here nor there. Let's get back to the question. Win or loss? Yeah. Q, what do you think? Was it a win uh, think, or a loss? I think Crocs won. Crocs won the game. Uh, better team. Uh, Powell was doing pretty much what he wanted to do. I think what happens in most games when you go up, sometimes some teams let off or they just kind of back off a little bit and not realizing that the guys on the other side are still playing. And with the talent that they have at UNC, you can see how the score ended up being what it was at the end because, you know, they can make plays. 
Um, they obviously started the game with no quarterback. Had RJ playing quarterback, so you kind of you you kind of behind the eight ball. You're just trying to get you know get some hits where you can. But that 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 puts a strain on your offense when you have to put your you know best receiver pretty much uh, at quarterback. Um, so I think they, I think UNC would be pleased with this game because it's hard. You know, it's it's, it's really hard going into a game without having a quarterback. Honestly, somebody that plays every week, not just this week in practice. Uh, so, Crocs won the game. I'll just cut it off to that. Uh, I'll take it then. Obviously, Crocs won. I don't. I don't think the Crusaders really had a chance. I agree with what you said. Like, when you have a quarterback who's not a quarterback, I mean, what are you really trying to do? But I was excited to see RJ a quarterback. When I seen him, first of all, when I seen him wear number three in his jersey, I was like, that's weird. But I just assumed they don't have the eight in the home because the running back was wearing number four. Um, Seth was wearing number four. So I I feel like they just didn't have the right jerseys for the home jerseys or whatever. But then when I seen I was like, he might be playing quarterback. And then I seen him line up out there. I was like, oh, shoot. I I agree with you, though. Um, I feel feel like I want to talk about Crusaders, then go to – then talk about the Crocodiles so I can finish on a good note. So if I talk about the Crusaders first, I actually – I agree with you. I think that they saw a lot of good things in this. I don't know what the situation is with the quarterback, but we've already said that they need to get rid of that quarterback. I know he was on the sidelines, so I guess maybe it was an injury or something. I don't care. If you want to, put him in a receiver or something. I think they stick with this. I think they showed in this game that with the formula and these players and these positions, they can have success. Maybe they can't beat the Crocodiles, but from what I saw – that offense can score against a lot of teams because their talent is undeniable, but that Crocodile's defense <laughs> is also undeniable, like undefeatable. There was a lot of plays where you saw, you know, somebody like Seth or um, RJ with the ball, and as soon as they did the the read and tried to run, boom, hit by a wall because that's how good that front line is for the Crocodiles. Not everybody has that front line. And you saw a lot of times, whenever there was a hole and there was an opportunity, Seth Rowland gets through it. Yeah. Uh, without Lee Anthony Reason over, he easily becomes, you know, the number two back in this league. Might even, I, I'd be lying if I say he's number one, but he, he definitely a 1A or a 1B or whatever you want to call it. He's right there behind Christian Powell because he does a little bit more than just running for his team. But he's super effective. Even in this game, you saw their offensive line can't block. Like, it is what it is. They don't block. They just kind of stand in the way. But he's so fast and makes decisions so quickly, he's able to find holes before they're there, and the defense isn't fast enough to get to him. You saw a lot of times uh, the linebackers and the Crocodiles are, are very athletic guys. But Yuhani, Sadow, and I want to say uh, number 14. I always can't remember his name. But all three of those linebackers are very athletic. They missed him so many times. Like, if he didn't get held up at the line and he was able to get to the second or third level, a lot of times you see those guys reaching and then someone coming from behind or from another angle and making the tackle. So he's able to get past that first level of defenders if he can get started. So his offensive line just has to stay in there. And what they did Mm -hmm. that I really liked was they just got the ball to the playmakers. R.J. Long, Seth Rowland, Curtis Slater, Andy Vetta, uh, the other Spanish guy playing receiver sometimes, number 20, uh, Hellett, his name, all their imports. 
They just made sure mm-hmm. they all got the ball. And what you saw was their imports are better than their competition. They all made plays yeah. when they had the ball. The only problem they had was that RJ can't throw. No offense. Sorry, RJ. But he he could throw like a two-yard slant. But one time, first later, opened in the back of the end zone. And the ball just – it's not a quarterback throw. And he wasn't able yeah. to make it. So that's the only thing that held him back. And even in this, this game, that first drive, they took nine minutes off the clock. It was a nine-minute – 16-play drive that went 71 yards and ended with a touchdown pass to Slater on a slant. And that's how they started the game after the interception, after the first pass. (laughs) But it was was just indicative of what they could do if they put it all together on a consistent, like, basis. I think, again, in this game, the issue was that they were playing the Crocodiles. Having... Curtis Slater play receiver. We we didn't we have him make all stars one year as a receiver. We know he can play yeah. offense and defense. But the issue I saw in this game was when he was on defense, there was time, like I said earlier, there was times when I feel like he would have made a tackle on Christian Powell, but Powell was fresher. I seen one time Powell mm-hmm. scored a touchdown and Slater just wasn't fast enough. That's not that's never a fact. I don't care what you say. That's never a fact that yeah. Slater's not fast enough. And I, I contribute that to fatigue. And that's what happens yeah. when you play on both sides of the ball. You get fatigued yeah. on one side or the other. And most yeah. and most of the time it happens on defense because you're reacting mm-hmm. and your reactions get a little bit slower than they used to be. Or you're not able to, you know, turn left to right as quickly. On offense, it doesn't happen nearly as much because you're kind of predetermined what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. So against a team like the Crocodiles, I don't think they can hold up and do this same type of scheme. And we saw how it went. Of course, later in the game, maybe the Crocodiles put in backups. I don't know. I don't care. But in the first half, it was like watching, you know, a D1 team in college play play against a D1 AA. You know, you can try to hang for a little while, but eventually they got too many scholarships. There's just nothing you can do about it when they got that many scholarships. So this team, though, they have so much talent that they can they can probably beat some teams in this league with this formula. I like it. Like I, I say, don't go back to whatever you thought you were going to do before. I think RJ understands what to do. And I think he has a good enough relationship with the offense coordinator, uh, Robert Johnson, that he can explain to him to get things done the way that they want it. And I think that's a, a really good thing for them. Um, what else I got about these guys? No, that's pretty much it. I think they, they I think they played well. They played well offensively, defensively. I'm trying to get Chris in here, but it keep going away. Um, but I think defensively, they just not. There was no way they were going to win this game. They just didn't have the defense. Um, let me talk good about the Crocs. You got anything good you want to say about the Crocs? I'm going to talk about the Crocs now. Talk some good stuff. Um, I'll, I'll say the Crocs. I mean, this is it's not a knock or anything, but like Whitehead is probably the the. I mean, he 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 has the best situation as a quarterback right now because he like yeah he 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 doesn't like he doesn't get blamed like he he won't get blamed if they lose is what I'm saying. And it's it, and it's crazy. It's just he does just enough. Like he does just enough to stay under the radar. He doesn't have any 
four, five hundred yard passing games. Um, but he's he's like finding a way to like do his little part, and then they win. He, but I could just you know it's like you gotta be you gotta be honest with it, right? Like he is the yeah. average quarterback. Like he yeah. is the epitome of average in this league for us, which. Uh, obviously, when you're talking to, to me, it's more you than me. Is you want you want to import to make a difference, and he he's not that type of guy at the quarterback position, which is tough. Like, I see, I kind of see what you're saying there. I thought he was going to be more of an impact type player, but he's more like a game manager, which just just weird to say when you're talking like, about him. Yeah, like, like just watching like his passing game is just not impressive. Um, he, 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 I mean, how many picks did he throw today? I think he threw like one or two picks. I I know he uh, threw two picks. It was like one. Yeah, I seen him throw. It some like sometimes his passes are just you know it's like I'll be waiting to see the, the, the better version of him sometimes, and he just he doesn't really get to show it or show. But it's like camouflages his flaws at quarterback, but then it don't matter if you get the win. But I think at some point he he's going to have to do more than what he's doing, or maybe not. I'm not sure. Depending on how the other teams kind of like get better throughout the season, but I just like can you imagine a zone read with Powell, like a regular zone read with Powell? Like their Crocs offense could be so much better than what it well, is. You know but what's crazy anyway, is he can do that. Like he he's a, a good runner. Excuse me, they just don't do it. That 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 leads me to one thing that I, that I saw in their offense was they for some reason, like early in the game, you could tell they thought that they were I feel like they over schemed because the Crusaders put a lot of people in the box. They had their safeties play off on the slots. So the Crocodiles were just throwing that bubble screen. Just they just kept throwing that bubble screen. And getting like four or five yards at a time doing it, but it's like, why do you? You don't have to do that. Just give the ball to Paul, get your yeah. hurts. But they just kept <laughs> doing it. They were they were doing a read the read bubble. They it was literally an RPO. They had a zone and a bubble, and they kept throwing the bubble because it was open. But that zone was still gonna hit. Like it was, <laughs> you didn't have to throw with the receiver. But I think it was again, uh, kind of to the point that you were making. Zach Whitehead trying to kind of you know, make more out of what his situation was. Cause honestly, he should he threw twenty two passes in this game. He should have threw like twelve. Like it should Yeah. And he was seventeen for twenty two. I'm looking at the stats now. That's actually really good. Yeah. But, so, like I so saw I say he he does like like that's not a bad but game. again, look at all those bubbles he threw. Like yeah, he threw a but, shit ton of bubbles. Sorry my language, but he threw a lot of bubbles which will inflate your completions. They're going to need more out of him as other teams get better. They're going to need more because you want to rely on power, but you but it's still early in the season still. And you just, you know, like you need to have another threat back there. You need like you need to be able to hurt them throwing the ball, not just five and seven yards, but down the field on a regular too. And maybe we, maybe he'll – maybe they'll adjust it. Or maybe they just ain't showed us yet. But, yeah, but anyway, shout out to the Crocs, man. They, they winning. They on the roll. Yeah, Chris, did you want to jump in? We're we're trying to give the Crocs a little bit of, you know, FaceTime right now. I mean, the Crocs are doing everything right this year, apart from not registering Eric Irvin at the start of the season and taking that <laughs> L when they should have had it. But apart from that, they're doing everything right. Like, 
they've got a good team. The play calling's good. In Powell, we trust, is balling out. He's fresh. Uh, the receivers are making plays. The QB's making throws when he needs to. The defense are make, getting picks. Like, Eric Irving's getting picks all the time. Like, they just seem to be doing everything right. They just they, – they look like the favorites at the moment. They're definitely the favorites. They're definitely the number one team right now. What I, what I noticed in this game was <laughs> they was quick hitting on them. I was – I felt like – I felt like the Crusaders were going to try to, you know, try to make drives and do all these different things to move the ball while the Crocodiles were like, shoot, give us a couple plays. We're going to score. And we going to score. And I, I went back and looked at, like, how long all their drives were in the, in the first half. Again, don't give no Fs about the second half of this game. But <laughs> out, of their, out of their, like, four touchdowns, which Christian Powell had three of them, uh, the first touchdown, it took them two and a half minutes. Two minutes, 22 seconds. Second drive, one minute, 45 seconds. Third drive was five minutes. So that was like a, a actual drive that they had to go. But then the next one, when they scored their fourth touchdown, it was 59 seconds. I think it was like one pat, one or two plays. They were efficient. And even when we we're talking about Zach Whitehead's stats earlier, 17 for 22, they, they were efficient. And got the job done. Now in the second half, I think they screwed the pooch offensively by not getting the, the damn fifty burger. But in the first half, the real part of the game that you really set the tone, they just came out and just said, "Hey, we got it. We got the juice. Crocs got the juice." Um, shout yeah. out to Eric Irvin with what he had an interception on the very first play. He probably should send RJ Long a gift basket or something for that because that was uh-huh. a gimme. If I ever seen one, but then that that block and touchdown that was that was a play like that was a play right there. So he's really he's a turnover machine. That's like three blocks this season for him. He's like the honey badger right now. He's like the honey Eric, badger for this. Eric Irving is bowling for the crocodiles. Yeah, like, yeah, he's that's a good situation. Real... That's a good situation. He might have found a home. He might have found, found a home. home. Yeah, I real. mean. Ask Zach Whitehead. Ask uh, Christian Powell. They'll keep you. <laughs> they will keep you. Yeah. Uh, but uh, congratulations to the Crocs. American football in Finland.